This portion of our program is brought to you by the Lodge Pub and Eatery, 40 Breakneck Hill Road in Lincoln, right off of 146. Delicious food and drink, always a nice crowd. You can either eat in the lounge area, there's normally a game on and a nice group of people there, or you could sit out in the dining room. Don't forget the nice weather, they have the deck open. The Lodge Pub and Eatery, 40 Breakneck Hill Road in Lincoln, delicious food and drinks awaiting for you. I'll see you at the Lodge. So intrigue continues with who it is that robbed that bank on Federal Hill. I want to give credit Channel 12. They have been uh, leading the way, breaking the story. I think we can get our rest very soon. But this is the latest, and they're calling it the Federal Hill Heist. The Target 12 investigators have learned police have made a breakthrough in the investigation into a heist at a Federal Hill bank. Thanks for joining us. I'm Kim Kalunian. Providence police conducted a search warrant at the home of a bank employee. Target 12 investigator Kate Wilkinson joins us now in studio with the breaking details. Kate. $6,000 was seized from that employee's home, but with no arrests made, it's still unclear what happened to that $500,000 that's still missing. This is the home on Front Street in Woonsocket that police searched on the 29th, finding clothing that matched the suspects in the early Thursday morning heist that was at Santander Bank on Atwell's Avenue. According to the affidavit obtained by Target 12, two suspects were able to steal the cash in three minutes, with police arriving shortly after around 2.02 a.m. The bank employee was one of three who closed Wednesday night. Police say the employee told investigators they went home around 11 p.m. and stayed there. But court documents state a flock camera captured photos of the employee's car around 3.40 in the morning on Park Avenue in Woonsocket. Providence Deputy Chief Lanny tells Target 12 that the investigation is still progressing and they're working with the Attorney General's office. With the Target 12 investigators, Kate Wilkinson, 12 News. All right, so it certainly sounds like, based on this report, you have an employee from Woonsocket. And it's also my understanding, uh, the, the way it was being reported is she was one of the people helping to close up the bank. They didn't put on a timer on the bank for some reason. Now, notice three minutes, so they knew... Once you enter, you have three minutes to get in and out of there. Two suspects, uh, the clothes match. They found the money inside the house. I don't know how, I don't know how this was thought out. Uh, I, I believe I saw another report where they also, inside this individual's home on Front Street, where they also found some uh, passports. So it looks like someone's planning on traveling. They found suitcases. Um... They enter the code to get into the bank, then enter the vault with no difficulty. Then they wheel a suitcase into the building up to the ramp to the vault, snuck out the back door within three minutes because they knew we're on the clock. They knew police would then be responding after that. They're seen walking across the parking lot with a suitcase as well as, as, well as a white bag, gray sedan, stole 500000 in cash from the vault, a bank executive watched the footage and told detectives the suspect who opened the vault had the same mannerisms as the person whose home was searched. So there's the inside job. The employee told detectives she and two others had closed the bank the night before and nothing was unusual. Investigators questioned why the vault timer hadn't been set, which the acting branch manager told officers was not a normal practice. I want to repeat that. The, the timer... The vault timer was not set. The acting branch manager said that's not a normal practice. In response, the employee explained, she was told by the previous branch operations manager she didn't have to do that. The employees also told the investigators she got home at 11 o'clock, didn't leave, but they claimed that the Winsocket license plate readers flagged her car, a gray sedan, driving down Park Avenue a couple hours after the robbery. Detectives searched her home in Woonsocket hours after the robbery, found two safes, one which contained 91 $2 bills in a Santander bank envelope. The other contained 6000 in cash bundled with an elastic band. The affidavit revealed that detectives also found a suitcase, cell phones, passports, as well as clothing that matched the suspect's description. So without question, now it's just a matter of who were these other individuals. So great job by several different, uh, you know, agencies here. 
But what these people or these individuals seemingly based on this completely underestimated is maybe they were able, is that there's also a difference between you were able to pull off something like that, but then there's a huge world difference, fine line between that and you're actually able to get away with it. So, okay. So it sounds like through skill, practice, knowing the codes, they were able to rob the bank. That was step one, but it sure sounds like they're failing at step two. Folks, you're listening to The John DePietro Show. Propane Plus, call them today. Heating and cooling in Rhode Island, 401-885-4209 in Massachusetts, 508-252-3359 for Propane Plus. Three generations you can always depend on Propane Plus for all your heating and cooling. Call them today, 401 885 4209 three generations they're available 24 7 for service and delivery and they're going to serve you for a very long time they have a great user-friendly website you just log on at propaneplus.com and then you type in your zip code residential commercial propane plus heating and cooling always there for you give them a call today in rhode island 401-885-4209 in massachusetts 508-252 3359 the johnson family three generations heating and cooling you can always depend on propane plus you're listening to the john DePietro show it's am 1380 and 99.9 fm so it is interesting as we're watching this race develop with all these different candidates for cd1 now remember none of this matters unless they get the 500 signatures that will qualify them for the ballot so but one of the people that would like to be on that ballot and certainly i would imagine she'll get the 500 signatures she's lieutenant governor savina matos now she was the one appointed to be lieutenant governor by rhode island governor dan mckee and she's decided she would like to try to get the national spotlight and her road to do that is by knocking and going after florida governor ron DeSantis. so she appeared on msnbc And you're going to hear Sabina Matos promoting Rhode Island as a state where illegals should come and set up shop. Florida, some states are not only embracing migrants, they're shining a spotlight on their contributions. Case in point, Rhode Island. In 2011, Sabina Matos, an immigrant, an immigrant made history becoming Rhode Island's first Dominican-American and first Afro-Latina lieutenant governor. Not true. Matos is also the first black woman to ever hold statewide office. Now she's running for Congress. Rhode Island Lieutenant Governor Sabino Matos is with us now. Lieutenant Governor, thank you for joining me. I'm curious about your take on the immigration laws that are taking effect today, 1,200 miles south of you. In Florida, your sense of how it's going to impact undocumented workers. Thank you, Secretary. Uh, I have to say that that law is evil. What MAGA Republicans are doing right now is using the immigrant population as a punching bag in order to earn political points. That's that's not right. We shouldn't be using the dehumanizing um, people and using the suffering of our of our community in order to earn political points. Here in Rhode Island, we recognize the importance of our immigrant population. Look at my story is is a good example. Just coming here to this country, to the state, not speaking the language, being able to get an education, and being able to be elected to office to serve my community. This is an example of what the immigrant population does in here in the United States. And we continue to open doors here in Rhode Island for our immigrant population. And despite all of those tremendous contributions that immigrants make today and that they have a legacy of making in our nation's history, both GOP candidates, Donald Trump and Ron DeSantis, if elected, say they will end birthright citizenship. What do you make uh, of their blatant promise to defy the 14th Amendment? Again, they're just using um, this as a way to gain political point. And this is why it's so important for us to have people in Congress that are going to fight those um, proposals that um, Donald Trump or DeSantis uh, come forward with. The people of the 1st District are going to decide whether or not she's going to go and represent Rhode Island in Congress. By the way, what they're talking about, this citizen birthright, this is a cottage industry 
where women that are eight or nine, month, nine months pregnant intentionally come into our country to give birth, and then the, not only can the child stay, but then the family stays. Something else that is also exploited is the fact that if a woman approaches the border, no matter, regardless of age, and says she's pregnant, she's automatically allowed entry into the United States, and it's done on an honor system. No one even, they're not given a, a pregnancy test. So whether the woman is 75 years old or she's whatever, 12, if they walk up and say they're pregnant, automatic entry into the country. It should be changed. It shouldn't be on the honor system. And, and they're also this citizenship business. So someone comes here, they're nine months pregnant. They come into the country. They end up at Women and Infants Hospital in, in Providence. They give birth. And not only is the child now, oh, you're an American citizen, now the entire family can come. But there are, this is a, a cottage industry where there's actually agencies south of the border that they appeal to pregnant women to help them get into our country. So then they, they come here and deliver and give birth. And I've even spoken to people of women and infants that say, where they start treating these women, they show up when they're nine months pregnant, they're just a couple of weeks away from giving birth. And then it's all done by design. And then our state starts to extend them different benefits and then they can't leave. That's what they're talking about. No, I think that should be revoked. Folks, but that's Lieutenant Governor Sabina Matos. You're listening to The John DePietro Show. The Coesed Inn, 226 Coesed Avenue, West Warwick. Delicious food and drink. They have a great bar area, always a dependable menu. Whether you're going to eat there or take out, a delicious meal is waiting for you at The Coesed Inn. Look for them online. You can also find them on Facebook. Whether it's lunch, dinner, or drinks in the lounge, always a good time at The Coesed Inn. 226 Coesed Avenue in West Warwick. You're listening to the John DePietro Show. It's AM 1380 and 99.9 FM. You can always listen online at our website, dePietro.com. This story is odd with this uh, missing woman, stout and found alive, being stuck in the mud for days. Let's pick it up. This is the story from WBZ in Boston. Very, very odd. She was found by hikers, supposedly stuck in the mud several days, Eastland's Borderline State Park. So let's get the latest now from, uh, this is in fact the story Police from WBZ. Woman is now safe after getting stuck in the mud at a state park for several days. Emma Tatuski was reported missing last week by her family. Today, hikers at Borderland State Park in nearby Easton heard her screaming for help. When Easton police finally freed Tatuski, she was conscious and alert. Easton police believe that she was trapped for three days. She was taken to the hospital and she is expected to recover. You know, that's very odd and again i don't know here's what i it just seems you're alone you're in the mud um i'm not sure what to make of that story other than you'd think you'd have some kind of uh, backup plan or way to communicate or i i i i don't know what to make of that whole story but Someone is stuck for three days in the mud and then starts yelling out to hikers. And then supposedly, again, you're, you're glad to hear it ended that way and seemingly is rescued. But um, it, it just seems um, r rather odd that someone would go out in a vehicle um, in, in mud that far out and then not have some, I don't know, some kind of a backup plan. Folks, you're listening to The John DePietro Show. It's My Health, 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland, diagonally across from Davenport Restaurant. Stop in and see Marie, that historic white church. Shop local, inside, all quality products, vitamins, herbal remedies, trusted companies. They understand quality, integrity. It's My Health. It's all about your health, local products, ICE. Honey, maple syrup, beef, fresh gum. You know, they carry over 250 bulk herbs, teas, and spices that can be purchased by the ounce plus box herbs and teas, hemp and CBD products, and much more natural skincare products. Stop it and see Marie at It's My Health, 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland. It's all about health for you, for your family. There's vitamins for children, all different types of teas, all different types of spices, 
Boy, what a difference it'll make. Shop local. Stop it and see the queen of health. It's Marie. And it's my health. 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland. Diagonally across from Davenport Restaurant. Right in that historic white church. It's all about health. It's all about your health. At it's my health. The Petro Show. It's AM 1380 and 99.9 FM. Joining us right now. She is a successful author. She has been, what a career, prosecutor. You've seen her on television. Her new book, Crimes Against America, The Left's Takedown of Our Republic. And you see her each weekday on the number one show on cable news, and that is The Five. It is Judge Janine Piero. Judge, it's John DePietro, longtime fan, and welcome and thank you for joining us on the John DePietro Show. Well, it's my pleasure. Thank you for having me on the show. I, uh, I'm i delighted to be with you this morning. Judge, I just want to start off. I was a big fan of yours. I used to watch Geraldo on CNBC, used to do the uh, the OJ case, and then I, I lived briefly for a period of time in Rye, New York, and I know you lived in Harrison, so just a longtime fan. Oh. Take, take us through this book, though, because... As the consummate prosecutor, you make a very compelling argument. Well, look, um, America is not what it was. And, you know, there are certain changes that we always expect with the evolution. Every generation is different than the one before it. And there are natural evolutions. But right now, what we've got in America is a, a change that is so profound. It is so overwhelming that you cannot look at America without saying that she has suffered severe uh, consequences as a result of the left's attempt to take her down. And I talk about in Crimes Against America, I talk about the First Amendment, how it's been limited, not only uh, in the beginning with politically correct speech, where you had to be, you know, say things the way the left wanted you to, but it actually went to the point of interfering with the 2020 presidential election, where the uh, left uh, actually stopped the press from being able to report on a story, of course, with the Hunter Biden laptop. So that's your First Amendment. But it gets even worse than that, because what we've got is the defund the police movement when they portray police as serial uh, uh, racist and murderers. Uh, Americans now are in a position where they literally are left to defend themselves because the police presence, the 911 response is not what it was. Criminals are allowed because of this nonsense social justice Justice that no one has ever defined to get out as soon as they're arrested to reoffend, uh, and uh, you know the the uh, an the anarchy and the chaos, especially in big cities uh, and all across America, is great because we have literally uh, objected in America to law and order. And then when you get to the Department of Justice calling parents domestic terrorists because a parent is worried that his daughter was raped in a bathroom by a guy. Uh, of the opposite sex of that they identified as a female. Uh, we've got the education system is an ideological preparation for these kids to come out. And, you know, they, they, the stats are clear. They're into socialism right now. And but for the pandemic, we would never have known that what our kids were being taught in terms of CRT. And now uh, in terms of this uh, almost child pornography, these books that are being given to little kids so that they know how to perform oral sex on each other. And, uh, you know, I don't mean to be so bold, but that's what we're dealing with in our schools. So, um, you know, we've got a real problem with a takedown. Meritorious system is being objected to. Everybody gets a trophy, you know, if you participate. And, uh, you know, it is a different America that we are experiencing. The southern border is being invaded. And two years ago, if you said it was being invaded you were a racist and you were a, a xenophobe but now we can't help but but admit what's going on at our southern border so uh that's why i wrote the book it is a an analysis and it's almost a chronology a living chronology of what happens every day in america i mean we got the durham report this week which said that hillary clinton made up that russia steel uh, dossier nonsense and uh, that barack obama and uh, joe biden knew about and yet they allowed this country to be split for, for years as to whether or not our president was a Putin puppet or a Russian asset. 
Her book is Crimes Against America. Folks, it's the one and only Judge Jeanine Piero. And Judge, if you could once again dive into, I, I think you make such a compelling argument in the book and we're seeing it. What people need to understand is what's happening at our southern border, it, it's not incompetence. It's it's by design to try to reshape the country. Yeah. Oh, there's no question. And I think that uh, I think that it was Barack Obama who said that he would fundamentally transform the nation. And, uh, you know, that's exactly what they've been doing. And as a result of that, uh, a lot of this has happened uh, unbeknownst to us. I mean, you know, you got someone like Randy Weingarten, who, you know, is the head of the uh, American Federation of Teachers, and every metric for her was how to keep the schools closed. Meanwhile, taxpayers are giving billions to the schools that never opened, but the Catholic schools were open. The charter schools were open. Uh, you know, the Lutheran schools, homeschooling went and and kids in China and kids in Russia were studying quantum physics while our kids are having emotional breakdowns and are suicidal and are getting involved in drugs because of what's going on in the southern border and the depression that they're experiencing. So, yeah, America is different, and it's time for us to recognize that we've got to take it back and end crimes against America and make it real clear what the arguments are, how it happened, who was responsible, and what we can do. The book is Crimes Against America, the left's attempt, basically, and it's uh, takedown of the republic. It's Judge Jeanine Pirro. Judge, I have to ask you, you're going to be modest about it, but I think you can actually trace um, the, the fact that the five is number one. You, Judge, you can trace <laughs> that it, your placement on that, because you had a very successful Saturday night show. You're no yes. stranger to television. But what, what is it so magical about the five, do you think? that has made it the number one program on Fox. Yeah, well, it's the number one program on all on, cable. On all cable, yes, excuse yeah, me. 2022. Yep. Um, you know what I think it is? I think it's a bunch of bright people, all with different backgrounds, all who you know, are at each other's throats uh, in terms of the difference uh, 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 of how we, how we look at what's going on in the world today. But people really like each other. So, you know, we'll be arguing something on the five, and then, you know, as soon as a break comes, we're laughing about something else. So, uh, you know, we're passionate about what we think and what we believe, uh, but we're also friends. And that makes it, I think, enjoyable for the viewer, and it makes it enjoyable for us as well. Judge, before I let you go, if you could just touch on, because you really go into it effectively in the book. I work a lot with police. It's not people's imagination. The whole defund the police uh, movement, you know, in many ways, people can scoff at it. But let's face it, Judge, and you've, as a prosecutor, worked with police for years— Right now, you talk to any member of law enforcement, it is a challenge for them to try to attract new people to the profession. You know, is it any wonder, given the fact that police have been denigrated, demoralized, they've been accused of being, you know, serial, um, you know, uh, racist murderers? I mean, it, it is crazy, and it is very hard to attract police now. You you make a wrong move, or it's not even a wrong move, something that's perceived by the left to be a wrong move, and your life has changed forever. I mean, is it really worth it? Is it worth it for you to go through this because you believe? in truth and justice and law and order and they're going to take you down the haters in this country starting with joe biden that went after you know those MAGA republicans well there were 73 million of us that's half of america uh and it's gotta it's gotta stop and i think that we can do it uh and i write about this in in crimes against america in the low in the low elections the lower elections da make sure the da is someone who is a prosecutor not some liberal uh insurance lawyer who George Soros is putting up uh, school board. You got to make sure that the school board members are people who believe, as you do, that you know the sex should not be something that you educate kids about who are under the age of eight. Uh, and it goes on from there. But I think that uh, what we can do is if you see and recognize what has happened, uh, I think that we can all make an effort to make sure it doesn't continue. Judge, final question before I let you go. Mm -hmm. I, like mm -hmm. you, support law enforcement. But I, 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 uh, what's very troubling, it almost seems that the FBI has, has lost their way, their direction, their purpose. 
look, it started with Jim Comey, who said no reasonable prosecutor would prosecute uh, Hillary Clinton. I beg to differ with him, and I know Jim Comey. I worked with him. He was a U.S. attorney when I was a district attorney. And, uh, you know, it's lost its glow. The upper echelon has to go. Uh, we recognize the FISA court was lied to. They knew the dossier was unverified, and yet they spied on a man running for president. Uh, and uh, this is akin to what they do in third world countries. We can't tolerate it, and the FBI has got to be changed. There's no question about it. So um, you can get my book at Judge J Book. Com. And uh, I, I have to run because I have another show that's waiting on another line. Judge, thank you for joining us on the John DePietro Show. Best of luck, and we'll talk to you again. I appreciate it. Thank you, and thank you to your listeners. Bye. Get your driveway paved. J. Perry Paving. Letter J. J. Perry Paving. High quality, fair pricing, exceptional service, over 25 years experience specialized commercial paving, residential paving, seal coating. Call for a free estimate today, 401-732-1730. J. Perry Paving. Hey, learn about the benefits of asphalt paving. Whether it's a brand new paving project or a cracked driveway, it's affordable, smooth, safe to drive on, aesthetically appealing. Asphalt can be recycled, reused. J. Perry Paving, a licensed and insured contracting company committed to meeting your needs. No matter how big, how small, contact them today for a free quote, 401-732-1730. What a difference it makes for your driveway, for your business, parking lot. J, letter J, J. Perry Paving, 401-732-1730. Online at J perrypaving.com and look for them on Facebook. Remember to follow the John DePietro Show on YouTube. It's John DePietro Show on YouTube. Subscribe, which means you get notified whenever we post new videos. You find original content, video you can't find anywhere else. Subscribe today. It's free. It's the YouTube channel of the John DePietro Show. Folks, you're listening to the John DePietro Show. It's AM 1380, 99.9 FM. Joining us right now, he is the director of DOT, but he has, actually has a new job, uh, and I'm very excited for him and for the state of Rhode Island, and it is DOT director Peter Alvidi, who has, I think it's exciting news, Peter, you're taking on this this new role and this new challenge. It is. Um, it will be a challenge, John, but it, it's one that I'm very much looking forward to. Folks, he is going to be, as I understand it, you're going to be chairman of the board of RIPTA. And, Peter, take us through a little bit uh, what's going to go into this. When do you – I think you maybe you just started, but what's what's the plan with your new role as chairman of the board of RIPTA? Well, I, I haven't started yet, but oh. uh, the, House, the House and Senate have passed a bill in, a, in both the House and Senate um, – uh, requiring the director of the Department of Transportation to be the chairman of the board of RIPTA. The bill also had in it um, adding an additional member to the board. There are currently eight people on the board, which I guess they recognize after many years of it being that way, um, could result from time to time in tie votes. And rather than have gridlock, uh, they assigned another um, another position on the board, so it would make a nine-member board instead of eight. Um, so the House and Senate passed it, and it's on the governor's desk for him to sign. Um, and when he signs that, then uh, following that, I would uh, assume the chairmanship of RIPTA. Um, it's a it's a position that is still uh, just a single vote among a board of nine people now, um, but it also carries with it certain um, certain responsibilities, create missions and statements, and to actually sign legal documents and uh, perform um, many of the administrative functions at the top level of RIPTA. Um, Right now, I'm having our attorneys at DOT to do a comprehensive review of the boards and the chairman's 
um, uh, responsibility and the scope of the uh, of the powers that go with the board and the chairman. And they'll report to me. Uh, they, uh, we had a meeting on it yesterday, and uh, uh, during the next week or so, I'll get a better sense as to how the board can take and reshape RIPTA into uh, a transit agency that will successfully, um, effectively move into the future. Peter, RIPTA, it's my understanding, um, it, it's not a matter of a money problem. It seems to maybe be a focus, uh, efficiency, and a, a number that you and I, we, we spoke off air that really jumped out at me is that Rhode Island's number if, if I understand this, it's only 3% of the public is using public transportation. I think there is huge room for growth there. This could end up being a tremendous story. Uh, what are your initial, you know, vision as you're moving into this role? You're, you're absolutely right, um, John. I think, I think the money issues are a symptom of a larger problem. Um, it, it's very, I have to say, after being on the board for several years at Ripta as a board member and listening and observing and reviewing materials that they bring to the board for review and approval, um, it it is very similar to the situation that DOT was in uh, eight years ago. Um, there is a... Um, DOT had a plan, a capital plan, uh, that went out four years into the future, but they didn't have the funding or the resources to be able to actually do it. But more importantly, they didn't take it upon themselves to be responsible for generating that revenue stream, the new revenue stream that um, would fund the, the corrections to many of the problems. They had 27% structurally deficient bridges. Uh, and they didn't have a cohesive plan to actually be doing that. They were doing a, a number of construction projects. And when I walked in the door, nobody could tell me, uh, nobody could tell me whether or not any of the projects were on time or on budget. <laughs> wow. You know so, the old expression, if uh, you don't know where you're going, there's a very good chance you're not going to get there. You, you know, and, and, bingo. That is exactly, I think, the, the issue that um, I'm hoping that we can all work together, uh, myself, the board, uh, the public, the legislature, the governor, and um, the administration inside of RIPTA II, uh, turn the ship around and get it pointing in the right direction and create a pathway with a, with a reasonable expectation of the outcome but with benchmarks and missions for people to attain and measurements in place to make sure that they are attained. Um, it's, it's about creating a better transit system for the right. state of Rhode Island. One yep. that would, uh, that would make people want more people want to get out of their cars or out of the mode of transportation that they currently use using and use mass transportation. Now, that's not going to be everyone. Right. And and it's not necessarily going to be the same numbers that other states show. Um, we, are, we are Rhode Island. So I think as we do with roadworks, um, my, my mission and my vision for the agency is to create a unique Rhode Island solution to this problem. And, I mean, it's evident that there are problems. I mean, the, the administration inside RIPTA recognizes that there are problems. The, yeah. the legislature apparently does because they passed this law changing the leadership of the board. Um, and uh, I'll look to their direction for where uh, we want to be when we grow up as a transit agency. And, um, and then we'll create the mission but not just the mission and not just the goals, but an actual real plan that is really financed, that is that has the um, back office at RIPTA to be able to actually implement it. And then incrementally over the next several years, begin to show those improvements uh, to the taxpayers of the state 
as to what they're getting for the money that they're investing in this new transit system. So um, we'll use uh, pretty much uh, I'm being gassed to use the roadworks model Good. as a model to move Good. to move um, RIPTA forward also. Good. Folks, again, we're speaking with Peter Alviti, DOT director, but now chairman of the board of RIPTA. And P- Peter, just, you know, I want to have several conversations with you on this going forward because that 3% number just jumps out at me. You know, you look at Massachusetts, Governor Baker, he had so many problems with the MBTA. Now Governor Healy's having them. Transportation, though, when you get it right and it's efficient and it's reliable and people, people, you know, if people say, I would love to be able to go to fill in the blank and not have to worry about parking and yeah. get there timely yeah. and save money, all of those things make sense. I would argue the need, the opening is there. It all just has to tie together. Right. And and we need to pay attention to the ultimately the users. Yes. But, and not only the users that are currently using it, which is where the concentration has been, but we need to open our ears and listen to the users, the potential users who are not currently using uh, bus transportation or transit and, and, and figure out the reason that they're not and what we need to do in order to change that paradigm. And, um, and I think that's where the concentration needs to really be. We tried at DOT, in terms of roadworks and on a daily and weekly basis, and we still are, even after eight years, try to keep an ear open to the public. Not a select few of very highly vocal people, but of the general public who is paying the bill for what we do in government and try to respond to that in order to meet the needs of all of the people. And, and I think that's where... Ripton um, can look forward to some considerable and exciting growth that there is a uh, 97% of the population that is fertile ground if we create a transit system that will attract that them and and that will make them want to use it. Wow. I think it's a huge upside. Uh, I think it's exciting, folks. Again, perfect person for the job. He is DOT Director Peter Alvidi. Peter, this is first of many different conversations. I want to leave you one last quote. It was something, uh, it was a public official told me a long time ago, said the worst thing that ever happened for mayors and governors and everyone else was the, the moon landing because that day forward, Every time something would go wrong, people would say, we can land a man on the moon, but we yes. can't get the buses to run on time. <laughs> Folks, again, he is DOT director, king of the road, soon soon to be king of the bus path, is Peter Alvita. Uh, uh, director Alvita, great to talk to you, and we'll talk to you again soon. Thanks so much, John. And uh, I look forward to carrying this conversation into the future. There's going to be um, a lot of conversation, I'm sure. Uh, about it there'll be controversy there'll be back and forth but ultimately um i what i've been asked to do by the um by the house the senate and and soon if the governor signs it by him is to uh make a better transit agency or at least do what i can to do that and i i certainly will try to do that i promise you falcon pest services 12 months of the year, you could have a pest problem. Serving Rhode Island and Massachusetts called Falcon Pest Services today, 401-739-1322. Free consultation, 401-739-1322. Locally owned and operated, serving Rhode Island and Southeastern Mass. They offer services for termites, bed bugs, ants, roaches, mice, rats in the summertime spring fall mosquitoes and many other pests call today for a free consultation whether it's for your home or restaurant maybe it's once a year maybe it's once a month call falcon pest services today free consultation 401-739-1322 residential and commercial whether it's an office building a school a hotel a restaurant or your home call falcon Pest services today. Free consultation, 401-739-1322.
You're listening to the John DePietro Show. It's AM 1380, 99.9 FM. Folks, you can always listen online at the website, dipietro.com. Boy, the violence in Paris continues. Incredible. Have you seen the amount of damage? Really, really remarkable. CBS has a uh, piece on this this morning. More violence erupted over the weekend amid nationwide protests over the police shooting of a 17-year-old last week. So far, more than 3,000 people have been arrested, around 1,000 buildings damaged, and 700 police officers injured. The violence appears to be easing. French officials say fewer people were arrested overnight than the night before. Elaine Cobb reports from Paris. Violent clashes between police and protesters engulfed France as the riots continued to spread across the country over the weekend after the killing of a French-Algerian teenager by police last Tuesday. In the port city of Marseille, protesters clashed with police. The police in French is uh, racism. They launched fireworks towards the police, torched vehicles and looted stores. The police responded with tear gas and attempts to charge down the protesters. 45,000 officers were deployed nightly over the weekend. In a Paris suburb, rioters rammed a burning vehicle into the local mayor's home in the early hours of Sunday. His wife and two young children had to escape over the garden wall. Wow. The funeral of 17-year-old Naël took place on Saturday in Nanterre, the same Paris suburb where days earlier he was stopped by police for speeding. Video shows the car moving off and a shot being fired. Naël died at the scene. His grandmother, speaking to French TV, appealed for calm. They should stop, she urged. These people need to calm down. Overnight, the situation was calmer across the country with significantly fewer arrests. President Emmanuel Macron meets today with parliamentary leaders in an effort to understand how the situation got so out of control. For CBS Mornings, Elaine Cobb, Paris. He was also seen uh, dancing at an Elton John concert as, as this was going on. If you have to... um. If, if you you look at some of the footage the the amount of it, it's not like one or two buildings on fire is as far as you could as far as you can you know see it, it was all on fire so so it was a bystander that caught the footage of the police shooting him it was a routine traffic stop now uh, again the individual just then um started to try to take off and then that seemingly is what what triggered it but it's interesting how it wasn't official video of the authorities meaning releasing like body cam video and then you can see he just starts to try to run from the police but it was um it's it's the bystander video that when that somehow you know goes out and goes viral that um is is seemingly what really really causes the problems but if if you've seen it it's um and there was the president at an elton john concert as i mean paris is fully engulfed in flames the amount of destruction is um it, it, it just i mean as bad as it was in this country and it was in 2020. You you got to see the um, just the the sheer number of buildings that they set on fire that are burning. Like as far as as, as I was saying, as far as you could see, they were um, setting things on fire. And then, as I was watching it, there was uh, concern over. Now, obviously, the gun laws are very very well. I don't know if obviously, but gun laws are very very strict. <clears throat> and. Um, and and then um, they they the rioters were breaking into the, a gun shop, and they, they're so brazen. But you just heard that they they even went to the home of the mayor. It is um, really terrible. But it, w- it was supposed to be a routine traffic stop in a Paris suburb, and that just triggered where the place just absolutely exploded. Now. It seems like they're starting to get it under control. But if you haven't seen it, it's worth going online and seeing some of the footage of it. Folks, you're listening to The John DePietro Show.
Get the most of your outdoor space with Limitless Outdoors. Call today for a free quote, 401-580-1852. Limitless Outdoors, they specialize in patios, walkways, steps. They did a fantastic job on my outside steps. Outdoor kitchens, landscape lighting, retaining walls, lawn installations, excavation, Call Limitless Outdoors today. Let's dream, build, and enjoy. 401-580-1852. Based in Smithfield, Limitless Outdoors. They also do indoor fireplaces or outdoor fireplaces. Limitless Outdoors. Call them today. Free quote. Get the most of your outside. You're going to love what they can do for you. 401-580-1852. 480-1852 Limitless Outdoors Dream, Build, Enjoy Make sure to find the John DePietro Show Facebook page and you can watch all the action on the scene live stream follow it all real time live stream just follow John DePietro Show right there on the Facebook page. You're listening to the John DePietro Show. It's AM 1380 and 99.9 FM. Boy, problems in Baltimore over the weekend. Let's pick up the story. Good morning, America. They are sick and tired of the violence. As a matter of fact, one person I spoke to in particular was caught in that violence over the weekend. She tells me the scene went from party to panic in an instant. Man, they started banging out here, bro. This morning, Bedlam in Baltimore, as an urgent manhunt intensifies after a mass shooting in a residential neighborhood that left at least two people dead and 28 others injured. Police releasing the names of the victims, 20-year-old Kylise Fagbemi and 18-year-old Alia Gonzalez. And now, Metro Crime Stoppers looking for help finding the suspects. Around 12.30 Sunday morning, police say they received several calls for a shooting at a block party. Witnesses claim hearing 20 to 30 gunshots ring out, forcing hundreds to flee the area. I hope these folks don't sleep well, because we're not going to sleep until we pull them off. There was young people running everywhere. This woman, who wanted her name withheld, was at the party when the shots were fired. While in her car looking for her own friends and family, two girls walked up to her and said they were shot. Oh. You guys, jump in my car, let's go. And zoomed them to the hospital, and I kept telling the girl, just baby, just breathe in and out. After dropping them off at the hospital, she says she saw a war zone. There were a lot of people shot in there. It was horrible. Families coming in, families crying. Police say all but nine have been released from the hospital. Three remain in critical condition. It's devastating and it's hurtful. I'm tired of my people killing one another. And Michael, with this recent mass shooting, that brings the total to 338 this year so far. But to add some perspective, five years ago in 2018, there were 336 for the whole year, which means the U.S. has already surpassed the amount of mass shootings that they did five years ago. Michael, you know, in Baltimore, anyone that's ever seen the um, the wire, um, Baltimore, obviously uh, known for violence. And I don't mean that in a, in a good way, but if you've ever seen the wire, I mean, Baltimore <clears throat> at times almost rivals Chicago. But it would when you have that amount of people outside and then someone, for whatever reason, just starts spraying the crowd they, they're calling it like a mass shooting but it's it's almost as if they just you know they just fire into the crowd uh and again i had no idea what would have brought something like that up but they are not only looking for uh that person now there was also someone uh through explosive devices at businesses in Washington, D.C. over the course of the week. Washington, D.C. are searching for a suspect this morning after three businesses were damaged by explosive devices. Surveillance cameras capturing the suspect. As you can see, they're wearing a light-colored hoodie and black pants. Police are also looking for that gold-colored Acura TL with Maryland plates that you just saw there. A bank, a shoe store, and a supermarket were all hit early yesterday fortunately all three businesses were closed at the time of those explosions 
also fortunately no one was hurt you know again that's another um it's so odd i don't know who that was there they should be able to track down who the whoever this was that did that but um but the baltimore block party that just as easily could be something that happens in in our area this is the um 28 injured three of them critical let me play this is the uh today show piece on this baltimore uh shooting over the course of the weekend this one in Baltimore over the weekend at a holiday block party. The victims mostly in their teens and 20s. Two people are dead and more than two dozen are injured. NBC's George Solis is in Baltimore with the very latest on this. George, good morning to you. Yeah, good morning, Kristen. A lot of heartbreak and frustration in this community this morning. An 18-year-old woman and 20-year-old man dead as a result of this shooting. Also upsetting to many members of this community, half of those wounded are just teens. Police continue to investigate as the search for answers is just beginning. In Baltimore this morning, heartbreak after violence ripped through a community block party. I got another gunshot wound victim, unconscious, unresponsive. The celebration descending into chaos as gunfire erupted. 18-year-old Aaliyah Gonzalez and 20-year-old Kylas Fagbemi killed in the attack that authorities say left 28 others wounded half of the victims under the age of 18. We don't know if they were targeted or if they were just Looks like shooting them down the street. A manhunt is now underway for the shooter. We will not stop until we find you, and we will find you. Lakel Nelson rushed two young shooting victims to the hospital. She was shot there, shot somewhere up here, and she just kept screaming, and I just rushed through this. I have children, you know, and... um. I would have wanted somebody to do that for my child if she was in dire need like that. Just a short time later, another mass shooting. In Wichita, Kansas, seven people wounded at a nightclub. All are expected to survive, and police have one suspect in custody. There have been a staggering number of mass shootings already this year. 338, according to the Gun Violence Archive. This is a societal problem that we're dealing with. This is insanity. This cannot cannot be the society that we are expected to live in baltimore's weekend shooting now the second highest victim count so far this year enough is enough with this we're losing our children these are babies we're losing them to gun violence police say they believe there have been at least two shooters still no word on a motive or suspect many in this community say this is an annual event that typically draws a large police presence why that didn't happen this go around police say will be part of their ongoing investigation well a lot of times they don't want the police presence at something uh like that but but that is uh but baltimore if, if you see it 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 resembles a little bit kind of reminds me of chad brown where the shooting took place just as far as the structure of the buildings and and it's confined and so there's a lot of people in a small compacted area it's not like it's all spread out folks you're listening to the john DePetro show remember to log on to dipetro.com we have original stories original videos also links to twitter facebook instagram youtube tiktok plus you can get some great merchandise in the shop log on dipetro.com